And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com, where you will find news reporting you won't find anywhere else for Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties. Intrepid news person Linda Stein is with us as always. Linda, greetings. Hi there, Michael. How are you? Uh, great. Before we talk to Republican congressional candidate David Galuch, who has, by the way, just recently been added to the National Republican Congressional Committee's Young Guns program, which means they think, hey, he may have a shot against uh, uh, incumbent uh, Representative Mary Gay Scanlon. I want to talk about two quick stories that we're covering at DVJ that I, I see some parallels on. One of them is the uh, hearings are going to start this Thursday. Uh, to uh, by the House Select Committee to investigate how D.A. Krasner has done his job in Philadelphia. And uh, uh, the D.A. is a progressive and he has a lot of allies on the significant left. And yet, fascinatingly, Linda, a significant number of Democrats both voted to create the Select Committee and even more voted to to uh, you know call him out for ignoring or not responding uh, appropriately to the subpoenas from the committee. And some people are looking at saying, wow, it's look at this Democrat on Democrat violence. What do you think is going on there? Well, I think it's just politics, Michael. Um, some of the, they may have uh, shaky seats or, um, you know, they may be Look, worried. I don't want to talk it's, about it's the personal issues. Let's, let's leave their personal issues out of this. I'm not gonna <laughs> let's don't talk about Fetterman's health. Let's don't talk about their shaky... Uh, of underpinnings, whatever. But I think you're right about this is what I think is interesting. So you had a group of uh, uh, African-American clergy announce the other day, hey, all you Democrats who voted to hold Krasner accountable, who supported this this bipartisan committee, we're coming after you. We're calling you out by name. You had the Progressive Working People's Organization that is withdrawing endorsements from some of these state representatives who represent parts of Philly. And I'm thinking to myself, why would a Democrat in Philly take this heat? And the answer is crime. The crime is so bad that it, you, do you want to go back to the voters and say, hey, I was loyal to my progressive friends? Or do you want to say, hey, you're right. I'm sick of all the shootings and I want to do something about it. And so let's kick Krasner. I, I think this is a sign that crime is really penetrating with uh, the voters. What do you think? Well, I, I would think so. Every night on the TV news, there's another shooting or two or three or five. <laughs> the carnage is ridiculous. It, it, you know, we could be in Chicago. Yeah, it's not often you see progressives pulling endorsements from Democratic, you know, uh, office, not, not even candidates. These are incumbent members of the state house, And that just shows that there, that there's something up there. The other side is a story on in Bucks County. In fact, it's rural Bucks County where a pro-life activist has now been charged with federal crimes. We have a story about it at uh, DVJ, DelawareJournal.com right now. And what I find interesting about it, Linda, is uh, Mark Houck, what, the, the incident outside the, uh, the abortion clinic happened a year ago and there's some dispute about what happened there was an older guy who was pro-abortion who they they basically line up with the women who are going in because you have pro-life people who are praying and and uh, protesting and so they're kind of an escort 
and there was some kind of altercation and Mark Houck allegedly shoved this gentleman. The Houck family says that he, Mark was there with his 12 year old son. And the guy was saying really rude things to the son. We don't know. Well, here's what we do know. The Philly cops chose not to prosecute it. And when the guy who was involved in the shoving filed a personal suit, tried to pursue it himself, it was thrown out of court. And yet here we are a year later and armed federal agents show up at the guy's house to arrest him for violating this federal law about, you know, protecting access to abortion clinics. It's, it seems odd to me, Linda Stein, well, what about you? A lot of things seem odd lately under Merrick, Merrick Garland's DOJ, um, including uh, calling parents who are complaining about things at school board meetings, domestic terrorists. So maybe it's um, at uh, the Biden administration's feet. I think that this is a sign uh, that uh, the the abortion conversation is not rolling out the way that I think Democrats thought it would. They, as, as you know, in Pennsylvania, every other ad that's political is about abortion, particularly targeting Republican gubernatorial candidate Doug Mastriano. And, you know, given his position, which is, you know, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, polling consistently shows it's kind of on the edge of where the voters are. But I think they thought that just kind of invoking Roe versus Wade, Dobbs, whatever, that that would be enough. And now what's happening is people, because Americans who hate talking about abortion, because let's face it, once again, no matter what your position is, it's an unpleasant, difficult topic. People just wish it would go away. As people are starting to find out, wait, 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 I'm sorry. So you're saying that John Fetterman's position is no limits at any point at all during the pregnancy? Wait, wait, you're saying... Democrats are proposing legislation in Washington for a national law that would make it impossible for states to stop abortion even in the eighth month, the ninth month. And that's throwing people off. And I think that the uh, actions in Bucks County, which are clearly kind of arbitrary when it's a year later and, you know, <laughs> what the heck, you know, I think if you look around the country, Democrats are shifting their messaging on this, trying to make it more about like you know individual people with individually extreme ideas or actions and look at this guy he was blocking access to an abortion clinic rather than the policy issue because i think the policy issue is turning out to be a lot more mixed than democrats thought the fact is most americans don't support an all-out abortion ban once again based on polling and most americans don't support no limits on abortion at all. They agree. Most Americans think that at some point you have to step in and, and say, you know, ma'am, I'm sorry, but you've waited too long. The balance of concern now has to go to the unborn child. And that may not have been true eight weeks ago, but it's true now. And I think that's well, what these actions show is the abortion politics math is changing. Well, you know, during COVID, there was always the, the mantra, follow the science. Mm -hmm. So um, now the science is showing that yes, uh, the baby, the fetus is viable earlier and earlier. So um, people are seeing that on the ultrasound and um, you know, maybe some of them are having a yeah. change of heart. Yeah, we, whatever it's happened with people, clearly the politics is somehow shifting around. And that's what we uh, write about at the Delaware Valley Journal, as well as crime stories. And of course, we're following the progress and the fantability 
shooting. You had a report the other day that a judge did not dismiss the charges against three police officers. Uh, and that's going to go forward. We're also keeping an eye on education and the fight over um, uh, how much control uh, parents are going to have in their schools. That's another big issue in the Delaware Valley as well. Well, I, th I think, Michael, that at the, the base of a lot of our stories are people, and um, that's what makes politics so interesting. I happen to agree. And speaking of interesting politics, let's talk to fifth congressional district Republican candidate Dave Galuch here on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. So please welcome to the Delaware Valley Journal podcast, David Galuch. He is running for election in the U.S. House to represent Pennsylvania's fifth congressional district. David, welcome aboard. Thank you for having me today, guys. I really appreciate it. So before I turn you over to our hard-hitting uh, news editor, Linda Stein, for her tough questions about your shaky background and uh, disturbing photos that we've obtained from the Hillary Clinton camp. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Wrong interview. <laughs> no, but ser seriously, um, <laughs> is this really your first time running for office? Indeed it is. Indeed and you're it is. jumping in at the congressional level against an entrenched incumbent Congresswoman Mary Gay Scanlon. That's that's correct. Although in a previous life, I jumped out of airplanes and defused bombs. So uh, uh, nothing can be as intimidating as that. Oh, I, I disagree. Told, I, I would much <laughs> rather face a bomb than most politicians. Right. I got many sure. <laughs> that's probably a good uh, that's probably a good call. So for people who say, uh, I'm, why should I give this guy who's never run before a chance against somebody who at least knows where the you know, locker rooms and the you know, lunch counters are in the Capitol. What would you say, David Galuch? Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say the most important thing you need in in uh, a member of Congress or or in really any leader is is just uh, a track record of, of established leadership and making hard decisions and making decisions with incomplete information and and forging a consensus um, with folks who might not necessarily agree with you or think the same way as you and in the military that's what i did countless times you know did two deployments one to the middle east one to somalia with seal team four uh deployed with people who didn't look like me didn't think like me weren't from the same area of the country as me worked alongside folks uh from those host nations who didn't even speak the same language as me or worship the same god as me but we got the mission done and and you know um i've brought all my sailors home alive. I've, I've, I've achieved long odds in, in uh, austere environments and circumstances, seen the best of this country, defended this country. And uh, I think that's the kind of leadership that really matters. And that's the kind of leadership that we need back in Washington. Hi, Dave. Um, so inflation is hurting a lot of families in this area. Uh, what policies would you uh, push if you were a member of Congress to address it? Yeah, I think, um, look, inflation, economy and jobs, I mean, that's the number one issue that uh, I hear when I talk to potential constituents. We've knocked over 20,000 doors so far since the start of the campaign. That's that's the top in the state. So um, I like to think that my my experience uh, or my my experience in having conversations with voters is is broadly representative of folks in the district. You know, I grew up with a single mom. Uh, my dad was killed by a drunk driver before I was born. So um, it's it's the kind of family that I grew up in, the one where you have a working parent or two two working parents who, who you know, have to make ends meet. Those are the families struggling most. I think the first thing we need to do is get government spending under control. You know, 
Joe Biden and, and his allies in Congress, like my opponent, Mary Gay Scanlon, uh, have spent trillions of dollars, initiated almost $5 trillion in uh, net new borrowing uh, in less than two years, injected that into a supply constrained economy. So what, you know, that, that that's just kind of simple economics 101, right? Uh, more dollars chasing more or less to more or less a fixed amount of goods. So I think we need to get our fiscal house in order. We need to get uh, the uh, our deficits and debt under control. Number two, uh, we have to get the uh, domestic energy sector going again. You know, this 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 administration is uh, obviously not just canceled the Keystone Pipeline, but refused to issue permits and leases uh, for natural gas uh, drilling, uh, for oil drilling, things like that. Obviously, uh, the energy crunch we have been experiencing is is probably the single biggest contributor to the inflation we're seeing as well. And uh, that's having broad broad-based effects across the entire economy. So, you know, I think those are two, uh, two quick things we need to do, which will definitely help to uh, help to make life more affordable again and easier for the kinds of families that I grew up in. David, sounds like you may have an economics degree. That's true. Okay, so yes. you, would, <laughs> you would bring so that the to The question bear. is, should we hold yeah. that against you? I think that's what she's trying to ask. Is... Yeah, actually, I've got, I've got two, two economics degrees, actually. Uh, my undergrad from the Naval Academy was uh, in economics, and then my master's degree from Cambridge University over in the UK was in development economics. Uh, so, like, you know, uh, uh, the, the, internet, the international aspects of economics, trade, and that sort of thing. So I... Uh, you know, I, I do read a lot of economics in my free time. I think it would really behoove Congress to have more, uh, more, more economists and uh, more veterans as opposed to just lawyers uh, sitting in the halls of Congress. So give us an example of a fundamental economic principle that you think the current leadership in Congress and the White House is missing or misunderstanding. For example, <laughs> I inflation. The- I mean, when, sure. you know, w- w- there were there was some talk in february march of 2021 that because the country had spent so much money during the what most people think of as the COVID emergency you know when we actually locked down and when the disease was spreading and we didn't have a vaccine yet uh you know president biden and the democrats got you know they got the majority they wanted to do some spending too uh is there some economic principle that perhaps they missed when they decided to uh add another two trillion dollars in federal spending yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 pretty simple. Um, you know, the 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 laws of supply and demand, right? If you have a fixed supply of goods, but you juice the economy with two two trillion more dollars by you know essentially printing the money and and injecting it into the economy, you're going to juice demand with supply staying fixed, which all else equal will cause prices to rise, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, and then, of course, it's having knock-on effects, right? As as inflation uh, increased, uh, the Federal Reserve has had to raise interest rates. They've done that several times now, and uh, now we're seeing uh, the bond market take a dip, uh, which is which is a severe problem because uh, if the bond market um, sinks and eventually crashes, like it did, similar to 2008, the only fix to uh, to increase liquidity in the bond market would be to inject more money. But if we inject more money, that's going to counter what the Fed is trying to do on on inflation. So the profligate spending and uh, the out of control fiscal policy that the Biden administration has really, um, really has us in dire straits right now. So tell voters a vote that Congresswoman Scanlon has cast that you found particularly surprising, disturbing, a vote that you would not have cast if you had been holding the seat. 
Well, I think the uh, I think her vote um, her vote to divert funds away uh, from police departments uh, and and into um, mental health. Uh, substitution for police officers is a problem. I, I have absolutely nothing against um, funding increased access to mental health. I have absolutely no problem with get, with uh, ensuring our police officers are trained to deal with individuals who are suffering from uh, adverse mental health episodes. I, I have no problem with even potentially embedding folks with police officers who are trained in mental health, but that comes at the expense of funding for for police departments. Um, I think that's a, a very, very, very large issue. We've seen uh, obviously historic spikes in homicides in Philadelphia. We've seen uh, broad-based increases in property and violent crime across our, our entire region in Southeast Pennsylvania. I think that's directly attributable to, um, to what can only be classified as as uh, an, an attack on police. I mean, on July 4th, 2020, uh, and you can see this on her official Facebook page, my, my opponent, Mary Gay Scanlon, was marching with defund the police protesters. Um, I, I, think, I think that's a problem. Uh, her actions and her rhetoric about law enforcement coupled with um, you know, her votes right. uh, are problematic. I do. Uh, and, and, and I certainly, uh, I certainly would not have, uh, have done that. And I just want to uh, note for people that uh, you're talking about a, a vote that was just cast uh, about a week ago. Uh, yep. The Democrats in the house representative cast a series of bills on uh, policing and public safety uh, and uh, one of the bills had a lot of bipartisan support. It, it added more funding, I think, for a small local police departments. But the bill you're mentioning is the Mental Health Justice Act. And as you said, it would fund a pilot program for communities that if they get a call for, say, domestic violence, they don't send cops. They send something, whether it's mental health workers, social work, you know, some other thing. And so that's correct. Uh, the critics say, wait a minute, like like you said, you may want to have some other aspect, like you may want to have, you know, a, a cop and a mental health person. Correct. But to just correct. send correct. these squads of, you know, guidance counselors out to the doors might not be the wisest move. And she voted to fund that. That is correct. That is correct. And, and, and I think you captured the essence of, of the dilemma correctly. Again, it's not that you're against funding mental or that I'm against funding mental health. It's not that I'm against the need to understand that, you know, um, our police officers need to have, need to be trained or have an additional resource with them to be able to deescalate a situation that may involve someone who is suffering from an adverse mental health effect. But um, to not send the police is, is also not the right answer. Well, one thing that I was wondering, Dave, is um, under Biden, our situation with Russia and China has worsened. Uh, what should Congress do? Oh, that is a gigantic question. Look, I mean, when it comes to China, I think um, we need to broaden our aperture of what competition with China actually entails, right? Um, we're talking um, competition on the diplomatic plane. We're talking competition on the economic plane. We're talking competition on the military plane. So um, I think we just broadly speaking, we need to be uh, crafting legislation, which will do things like onshore manufacturing and um, 
and our advanced technology industries, especially those with national security implications. So think not just semiconductors or defense, uh, defense related things, but advanced pharmaceutical ingredients, PPE, things like that. We found out the hard way during the pandemic. Um, that means um, really understanding China's MO when it comes to uh, expanding their influence overseas in places like East Africa and uh, some other nations along their Belt and Road Initiative through, um, you know, uh, preferential loans and getting uh, countries in debt traps and things like that. We really have to um, have to ensure that our, our alliance systems are strong and we're, um, we are able to compete economically with them like um, compete snubbing brazil exactly right and 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 it and that actually speaks to needing to get our own backyard in order you know uh china um it, we now hear about it all the time chinese shell companies trying to buy access to u.s ports uh chinese company trying to take uh control of the company that essentially operates Rates the Panama Canal. These are these are all concerted efforts by the Chinese government to box and hem in us, and uh, we have to be looking in our own backyard, especially. Well, I got to tell the, you, David, guys, one of my plans is because we have so many uh, veterans running right. for uh, Congress this cycle, and they all talk about their experience, and a lot of them are like you, SEAL teams and Special Forces, etc. Why don't we just get the congressional brigade to go over and take Putin out for us? We could drop all you guys. It'd be terrific. <laughs> huh? I uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't run as fast as I used to be able to, so I don't know. But, uh, um, but I, so that's not, that's not, not a good idea then. Not the uh, congression is just <laughs> no, arm everybody no, up. Probably not. Yeah. No, no. Okay, that's no, just but, my theory. But I think the best way to uh, defang Russian power is to get the U.S. energy sector going. I mean, you see what's going on with the German economy now. Um, we saw what happened yesterday with the with the issue with the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, now that they're dependent on Russian gas, and uh, you know, with with the with the issue with the pipeline, um, their their access to that gas could be cut off even more. Um, they're they're I, a lot of our uh, European allies are, are entirely beholden to Russia. So if we got our own energy sector going, that would greatly undercut Russia's influence and power and also their primary source of uh, foreign exchange and their economic engine. So I think on the Russian angle, the best way is to just take care of our own energy producers here at home. So Dave, uh, where do you stand on the new Green Deal? Um, I I, as a rule, I, I don't believe we should be subsidizing forms of energy, which are not viable at scale, uh, and making working families pay more uh, to drive a transition um, to 100% renewable energy. And that's essentially what the goal of the Green New Deal is. I think I'm, I'm not opposed to renewable energy. I, I think we have to take an all of the above approach on energy, but that means utilizing the fossil fuels we have here, especially our natural gas, which is the cleanest form of fossil fuel, 40% less, less dirty than coal, 30% less dirty than oil. Uh, we have it in abundance in Pennsylvania. We have more natural gas uh, in the state of Pennsylvania alone than Saudi Arabia does in its entire nation. Um, if, if you see the decrease in emissions that the United States has produced since 2005, we, we've dropped about 20% since 2005. And the primary reason we've been able to drop is not renewables. It's because of, of, of the proliferation of natural gas. So right. um, I think we... I think we have to invest in more nuclear power. I think we have to invest in clean natural gas. And I'm absolutely for funding basic research and, you know, hopefully making renewable re forms of renewables 
um, adaptive and economic at scale. But as of right now, if you switch over uh, too, too early, you are going to get the situations we have in California where people have to turn off their lights. They can't charge their cars because it's simply not viable. So I want to ask you some crass political punditry stuff uh, before we wrap up here, David Galuch, because that's one of the reasons people <laughs> read Delaware Valley Journal. And that's my job. And I used to run campaigns for a living. So Cook Political Report has this race as a solidly Democratic race. Uh, Representative Scanlon won two to one two years ago. Uh, the new map, uh, some people say, made her seat even more fundamentally a Democratic seat. And and there are, you know, one of the things that uh, you know, I learned in the when I ran campaigns is that there are some races where just when you show up because of the pre-existing math, it's just really tough for either Republican or Democrat, depending on the seat to, to find a path to success. What is your path to success in this Democrat trending seat? Yeah, I think, I think my path to success is the path that I'm trotting, which is uh, showing up, um, having real conversations with people, knocking doors, running a good grassroots campaign, and and just having frank conversations with people. You know, I I go into areas that, quite frankly, uh, Democrats outnumber Republicans probably by by a factor of five. I knock on doors. I talk about my experiences with my single mom, with the military, and and outline my you know, value set and outline my style of leadership and outline the kind of vision that that I have, which is a hopeful one, which is a bipartisan one, which is one that brings people together and reaches across the aisle to solve these major challenges, which cut across party lines. And quite frankly, I have to say, I've, I've gotten a very good reception, even in heavy Democrat areas. Um, I think people are going to be really surprised. Um, we have uh, we have a large movement. It grows every day. And uh, I think uh, I think we're going to shock the um, shock, the, the quote pundit class uh, in November, who, who probably, frankly, thought a year ago that I didn't have a chance. And I could tell you that uh, we're we're very, very bullish on our chances. And we definitely think the best is yet to come. Are you getting support from the National Republican Congressional Committee or any of the other national uh, organizations? Yeah, so the NRCC actually just put our race on the radar. Uh, we're now in the Young Guns program, which is um, uh, sort of the tranche of candidates right. that whose campaigns have been vetted and, and, and who the National Party believes uh, the path to victory is both viable and compelling. I've been endorsed by um, a lot of veteran organizations, Combat Veterans for Congress, Navy SEAL PAC. Uh, things like that. We've gotten support from various members of Congress. Um, all to say, I'm really proud of the movement and the campaign that my team has been able to build. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just so happy and proud to be to be uh, a voice of common sense and hope for for PA5, Democrat or Republican. Well, we're, uh, David Galush, we really appreciate your time from the campaign trail here on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Dave. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.